Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is January 27th, a beautiful Friday, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will play its first friendly of the season at Chattanooga at 3 p.m. I believe that Chattanooga FC is going to stream it. I don't have any details yet if you aren't able to go to the beautiful city in Tennessee. For the rest of the show, you're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda, Andrew Gutman, Juan Hoparada, Noah Cobb, uh, Brooks Lennon, and a one-on-one interview I got with Jackson Conway. I'm also going to answer your questions about the MLS team that you were thoughtful enough to either send to my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or email to me at DRobertson at AJC.com. I hope you enjoy the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, and we're going to get started in just a second. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. So we got a few players this week. They go to Mexico next week, and access will probably be a little bit limited, but I'm hoping we'll get some news on some players incoming next week that will help balance that out. It's also going to give me a little bit of time to work on our season preview package, which will appear in the Sunday newspaper on February 19th. Of course, the team's first game is February 25th against San Jose at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I hope you'll be on the lookout for that. I want to give a special um, congratulations to my friend Ryan, who's undergoing a surgery today. I hope that goes well for him. And now we're going to listen to some sound. Here's Gonzalo Pineda on when the team might sign the three new players he talked about 11 days ago. Well, I think that's more a question for Carlos and, and, and Gart and, and all the guys. They're working very hard, that I can tell you. They're working obviously very hard on, on trying to get uh, the players here. But, you know, timings with uh, this transfer window is, is, is not ideal. Now, of course, when you go into a preseason or any friendly, any non-trophy game, the goal is always no injuries. Many of you are very aware of the number of injuries that Lenny United suffered last year. But here's Pineda talking about what else he wants to see from their team and their first preseason game. Obviously, that's number one. Probably <laughs> no injuries is a good one. But uh, we've been working very hard on defense, on uh, the solid back line, uh, solid middle block that is hard to penetrate into our uh, uh, units. Um, the middle block uh, is a good one uh, that we've been working very hard. Defending the box is another one uh, that we have had put a lot of emphasis in, in the preseason. And the other one is the build-up phase and, and play out from the goalkeeper, play out from the back. Uh, we want to start with that one correctly. And then after that, hopefully we can have the final third movements right. Now, if that is interesting to you, that he talked about defense first, keep in mind that in almost every 
professional sports or college program, a lot of the early time is spent working on the defense, and then you go to the offense. Because if the other teams can't score, then you still have a chance to win points, not the other way around. I asked Pineda if he was concerned about not having any of those signed players yet and giving them more time to ingratiate themselves in the system, learn more about the league, the city, their teammates. It is what it is. Uh, I face this, probably not exactly the same, but similar things with Seattle, where probably you didn't have the whole team earlier in the preseason. It, it's part of MLS, the, the timing of MLS and the window. Uh, we have a different calendar, our calendar compared to Europe and, and many parts of the world. So these things happen. I, I, I used to it. Obviously, I would prefer it's different. And then I was also curious to hear from Pineda on the format he plans on trying to use in tomorrow's friendly. Tomorrow is going to be more 45 and 45. Okay. I'm going to split two groups. I'm going to, I'm going to put two 45s. Um, last weekend, we played a little bit of an inter-squad for two times 30 minutes. Uh, so each group played 30 minutes, and uh, I think the progression is, is going well. Andrew Gutman, who, of course, was short-sleeved because he's from Chicago and it's never cold anywhere on the planet, talked about what he hopes the team accomplishes in its first preseason match. I think just getting 45 minutes under our belt, um, you know, practicing what we've been working on the last few weeks, and then, you know, after that, reviewing it and making it better. And here's a little bit more on what he hopes to see from the team or what we should expect to see from the team on Saturday. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be, you know, mainly the same thing as, as last year. We want to we want to keep the ball. We want to we want to be in possession most of the time, and, and we want to break lines as, as quick as we can. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Um, again, this will be technically our first game, so I don't know if the fitness will be there, but, you know, that's what we're hoping to accomplish. Juanjo Parada, his loan goes through the end of this season, but this will be his first opportunity to actually play alongside Miles Robinson in a game because Robinson suffered his Achilles rupture last season after nine appearances. Parada was brought in from Tigris to help fill that void of Robinson. So here's him talking about how his partnership with Robinson is forming. Yeah, I feel comfortable playing with him. I think we've had a, a good relationship and we're building good chemistry in these weeks of preseason. Um, so even though the, you know, we have to speak a different language, it's, it's not an issue. We're able to communicate the, the things that we need to. Um, so I think we're working through that in preseason and I think we can be a good duo. And this was a semi-serious question because Parada did score six goals last year, which is a stunning amount for a center back. But asked him if he and Robinson had a little bet going on as to who would score more goals this year. Well, hopefully we can score, but I've said it, and I think the emphasis this year is just about getting as many points as we can as a group. Um, so it's, it's about scoring goals, but it's also about not conceding as many goals. Noah Cobb, the team's newest homegrown, uh, has been working with the first team, has, has looked really sharp, according to teammates. I asked him if he feels like he's a pro yet. Sometimes I, I do think about it, but to be honest, like I'm still just playing soccer like I did when I was little. Um, obviously against bigger, better, faster, stronger guys, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the same game that I played when I was 12. So I, I just treat it like that. I just come here, have fun every day. And then when you already have Robinson and Parada and the team rumored to bring in another center back, I don't really know how many minutes Cobb is going to play this year, but I wanted to ask him what his expectations are. Obviously, I have high expectations for myself. 
you know, I think, I think I'm just coming here working hard every day, trying to learn from Miles and Wanho, because um, I think that's going to be the best way for me to get on the field. Um, but I know, I know, like I said last year, I'm kind of coming into the group, so um, I just I gotta I gotta work that much harder, and um, yeah, just work that much harder to try to get on the field. For those who don't know, Cobb is from the Chattanooga area. So I was curious if he was excited to get to go home and play uh, in front of family and friends at Finley Stadium. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I have a lot of friends and family going to the game. Um, in a way, it's full circle that I get to go back home and play a game. But, yeah, I mean, I just really want to win that game. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Brooks Lennon, always a good guy to talk to, was asked – if we're going to see any changes from the fullbacks in terms of what Pineda wants this season? A little bit. Um, we've worked on a couple things in training um, that we're going to probably see in, in games this, this season. Um, but like I said, we're, we're early in, in preseason. We're only you know two or three weeks in, and we've, we've still got a long ways to go till February 25th, uh, first game of the season. So we're trying different things, working on, on different movements and patterns um, to, to get it right uh, once the season starts. And of course, when Lennon arrived here in a trade with Real Salt Lake, his expectation was the team was going to make the playoffs to compete for trophies every season. That hasn't happened. They've only made the playoffs once the past three years. So I asked him about the importance of having a good training camp and preseason to try to improve the probability of this team making the playoffs. Yeah, it's always very important to start the year off with a great preseason, and so far uh, we've done that every single day. The attitude's been great in training, uh, the execution and what the coaching staff wants from us, uh, we've done so well. So, um, you know, that's how you build and, uh, you know, building blocks to, to have a successful season and end up getting into the playoffs. You, you have to start from somewhere, and that's uh, in preseason, and, and we've done that so far. And then I was also curious to hear from Lennon, who is a veteran, who you know sees a lot of good strikers? What he has seen from Jackson Conway this preseason? Yeah, and, and Danny Zabatu is is also you know been doing doing very well as well. But yeah, Jackson's he's got another opportunity to to show himself in in preseason. These are the opportunities as a young player that you want um, to to play in these preseason games that are going to be coming up and to show the coaching staff that. Um, you know, he deserves to be on the field. And I think he's been training well. He's had the right attitude. And uh, I hope he can um, do as best as he possibly can in those games. And I talked about this uh, on last week's podcast. But Atlanta United's communications team is trying something different this season. They're trying to get us some more one-on-one interviews with players so that the pack isn't all writing the same things. And I was able to get Jackson Conway this week. I was hoping to get... Um, one other player, but they weren't available for a, a legitimate reason. So here's 11 minutes of me and Jackson Conway talking about his hopes, his plans, his newfound, not newfound maturity, but developed maturity. And uh, if he can be the man at striker this season. Well, you're, you've been in this situation last year. You're the only strike, healthy striker on the roster right now. What did you learn from last year that you're applying this preseason? Um, I think my main thing was kind of to take my opportunities more seriously. Um, I don't think I was mature enough last year to understand the position that I was in. Um, the fact that Joseph wasn't fit and I was the next man up and I didn't take advantage of it in the preseason. Um, so that 
implemented the haircut and the, um, you know, strictly business when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the soccer part. Um, but again, I'm also excited. I got to look on the other side too. Like I'm excited to be here still. And, and I know that I have a huge opportunity in front of me and I'm just excited to see what happens this year because I mean, I had a good season last year and that's, that's, that's all I'm thinking about right now is can I take that form and, and keep it going with the, uh, the big boys in the first team. So you feel like that's happening so far? I, th- I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to Gonzo a couple times. He's been pretty. He's been impressed um, with what I've done, and you know, I've put a lot of work in this off season. So, um, kind of to kind of prepare myself for uh, the situation that I'm in with being the only striker. So, um, I think he's seen that, and, and you know, I have a little bit of his a uh, little bit of his trust. Okay. So that's that's important to me, and, and that's kind of all I want. So. What was that work in the offseason? What did that include? I mean, I was just in the gym a lot. I was I, I was here the whole time. I didn't go anywhere on vacation. So I was I was in here. I told my parents, I was like, told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work on my game because I know there's this is a big season. And, and a bunch of the, you know, guys in the gym understood. And they're like, Jackson will help you. And, and I was like, thank you. Like, this is what I need. And they, understand, they also understand the situation that I'm in. So right. I think they want to help me. You know, become the best player I can be. So, was, was that just something you yourself arrived at, or was that advice from someone, or conversations with someone? A bit, a little bit of both. Yeah, come to the end of the season last year, I had a good talk with Gonzo, and um, you know, he knew how frustrated I was that I wasn't in you know the first team as much as I wanted to. Um, but then again, I wanted to show him last year that I was able to compete. So, I went in and scored double-digit goals with twos. Um, so I think, you know, them knowing that I have the ability is, is not a problem. I think they know that I have that. It's just more of what I do on the field, off the field, that kind of keeps my head focused in the game. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was a bit of both. Um, and I, need, I needed to hear it. I, I've never had a coach told me like straight up that, you know, we're going to put you down here because you need it. You need games. You need need solid minutes before you go up and play with the big boys and that's what I needed to hear so okay. yeah, I mean I got a, almost 30 games with the twos last year which is which is what I needed almost 100 games under my belt so that's kind of the magic mark is 100 games that I've heard oh yeah just talk about yeah no it's I mean I'm not I just turned 21 so having 100 professional games is I never would have thought about it to be honest right. having almost 20 of those being in the first team is is also good and you know, I'm just, I just still think it's the beginning, so which is, which is yeah. good. You know, I, I feel like I have a nice, bright future ahead of me, and you know, this club's helped me get to where I am today. So, can't, can't do anything about. How do you fit? How do your skills fit within what Pineda wants? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I am completely different than any other striker that's been at this club, um, and I think, I think the coaching staff sees that, and I kind of think it's. I think I what I bring to the team is what the coach wants because he got everybody wants Tiago and Luis on the ball. That's what they want. I'm not gonna come short and try and dribble ten people. Like I'm not gonna do that. But then I can pin the center backs back. Like I can do that instead of, you know, dropping in all the time. I can win my headers, you know. And I think that's what the team wants. I'll stay high. I'll let the good players go in and do all the, the tricks and flicks and stuff. And, <laughs> and I'll just get into the box. I'll get the ball, I'll pass it to them, and I'll get into the box. You know, that's that's what I think. And, uh, 
like I said, it all goes back to last year. I mean, they told me to go score goals, and I just couldn't stop scoring at some point. So I think that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I think you know they they've told me multiple times that you know we know that you have you know the skill set to to play in this team. We just need to see it from the more. And, uh, and that's what I need to hear. So, you know, I think I fit into his philosophy. I want to do what he he wants us to do on the field. I want to put in the work because, you know, he's a, he's a great coach. He's a young coach. And, you know, I want him to remember me for, you know, putting a shift in from when he was here. So, now, I, I could be wrong about this. You can correct me. But the t- there were times with the first team last year in which the ball would come to you in a good spot. And it was almost like you got maybe a little too excited. Like I've got a chance to score, yeah. and then something it just it, something it wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No. So going down to the twos and getting that playing time, things kind of slow down a little bit for you. A little bit, yeah. It's definitely a little bit less pressure for sure, um, because I wasn't I wasn't consistent in any team, um, like time wise. Like I was thrown into first team games here. The next week I was with the twos, like thrown into another game here. And, um, and I, I don't really care. I just wanted to play. Right. So I, I didn't care where I was put. I think that leads toward the fact that, you know, I wasn't really full of confidence any in any team. Gotcha. Um, so, and then, yeah, I was just getting I was getting thrown in everywhere. I, I, I agree. I had good chances. But, I mean, I'm, only, I'm playing less than 10 minutes a game, which is like my – It's tough. When I, yeah, when I think about it, if I'm getting one, two chances a game, like – 10 minutes, I'll take that. Give me 45 minutes and we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? But I think going down to twos, playing full time, getting a lot of minutes under my belt, you know, racking in a couple goals is what is good for my confidence, good for, you know, the twos that were struggling at that point. Um, Just good for my future. So I was listening to some guys on the radio today talking about Brandon Vasquez, Mm. former Atlanta United striker, big guy like yourself. Um, And they were talking about him talking about he had to watch a lot of film of, of strikers making runs and yeah. putting themselves in dangerous spots mm-hmm. to spots that worried center backs. Did you did you do a lot of film study? Did you do anything like that this offseason? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty. Because, I mean, I, I compare myself to Brandon quite a bit because I think we're very similar. Similar physique, similar situation when he was here. Um, and look at him now. I mean, he's not that fast, but he's big and he can move a little bit for a big guy, which is which is good. To be fair, I think I can too. I think I got a good mo- mobility around me. But um, you know, it's not more of you know the pace that you need in, in a game. It's like little sharp movements around the box that that give you goals. And you know, I watch Harry Kane like all the time. Okay. Like, like this guy is incredible. He scores literally from anywhere. He, he plays in a shit team and. He scores. <laughs> he's almost the leading goal scorer. So, I mean, it's his movements and his touch and control around the box is that I, I think he's the best center forward in the world without a doubt. Hmm. And and that's who I would watch without anybody telling me. You know, that goal he scored against Fulham the other day was oh, that's prime center forward play. Like, yeah. like you got to be. And it was against Tim Ream, who I think is you yeah. know one of the best center backs in the Premier League. Um, yeah, there's nothing Ream could have done to stop. No, that. no, it's 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 short, quick touches. It's, it's stuff like that. It's quick movements. He's not. Kane is one of the slowest players I've ever seen play. That's why I don't play him in FIFA. Yeah, he's <laughs> one of these. He's so slow. He actually he's actually slow motion. <laughs> but then around the box, you can't touch him. You know. Right. You know, if you, if you're trying to mark him in the box, it's it's a quick movement here and there, and then you know he's he's an ongoing. He scores. It's 
it's it's it's those little things that you know will catch defenders off guard and you know, that's what i've been working on quite a bit is you know i may not be the fastest or the tallest but i could sure be like the smartest you know what i'm saying in the box where will defender not go i'll go there and stuff like that but yeah definitely i, I worked on my whole game this offseason getting fitter stronger um obviously the haircut <laughs> and just watching a lot of premier league you know watching a lot of Old Luis Suarez, who I thought was brilliant too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, scored from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and would take on anybody. Didn't yeah. care. No, even like even like Messi and Neymar, I, I watch them all the time because of how confident they are. Sometimes I go into the field and I never, I never want the ball because I'm just not full of confidence. And you know, I gotta watch players like that who, who just take anybody on. You know? Yeah, full 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 off season was just full of me, full of me trying to get better, which is good. Which is what and last question: the team is now. Reportedly interested in, in a striker uh, from Celtic. How does that impact you? Does that motivate you? How do you feel about that? Absolutely, yeah. No, because I mean, I'm I'm fighting for the same spot he is. You know, if if they bring in a guy, and you know, I think it's good for me because I can show them that maybe they made the wrong mistake of bringing somebody in. Um, obviously, he came from Celtic, so he's he's been around the you know the big clubs of the world and. You know, I think it's important for me to have someone to kind of scrap around with because you know, I want them to see that I'm not just here for the fun of it, to be in this building, you know, training with a bunch of good players. I want to be here to to play for the badge. And, and I think uh, I don't think they've seen that yet. Um, so that's kind of what I want to show them. And, you know, again, it's the coach's decision, whoever he brings in, it's, it's their decision. But, um, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, looking for some – someone to maybe have some competition with, um, to motivate myself um, and, and learn from him as well. Because, I mean, he's, he's got good experience. I don't really know the guy that well, but I kind of looked into him. I mean, he's got good experience. He's similar to me, big. Um, so he'd be a good guy to learn off of. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just, like you said, it's not my decision if, if he comes or not. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to either a new teammate or someone to learn off of, which is, which is important. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that audio from the players. I hope you found it informative and is helping you form some educated opinions about the team going into the season. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from esteemed colleague Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. I'm going to say it slower if you're writing it down. Subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you'll always know what's really going on in our wonderful city. And I also want to ask you all this question. We are considering 
trying to tape a podcast live on site somewhere. We approached a place near me, but we couldn't make it work because we weren't sure how many people might show up. So if that's of interest to you and you would like to be a member and have to look at me as I talk, but maybe get to ask some live questions, email me and just say, hey, I'd be interested in going to a live taping to give us an idea if this is something we should pursue or if we should just continue to do this old school with me talking into this beautiful mic to my producer, Daniel, who is desperately trying to get out of here to go pick up his daughter. But we're going to get into some questions now in the mailbag. Todd asks, if Carlos Bocanegra were out, and I don't think that's going to happen, at least through the season, although I will bring up something in just a second, what type of replacement would Atlanta United need? A master cap manager, master player scout, face of the organization, etc.? What, could, what would be the names that come to mind or the style that suits the club's needs best? Well, the club already has a salary cap guy. It's had one for a year and a half. Bocanegra does not give these salaries in a vacuum. Um, they work within the league rules. They try to get the best value for the dollar. And have they overpaid on some players? You betcha. But it's, it's not a vacuum decision. So I just want to clear that up. Now, going back to Bocanegra's future, I'm sure some of you were aware of the house cleaning that is going on in U.S. soccer right now. Uh, I am curious, and I'm trying to find out if Bocanegra would have an interest in either the job vacated by Ernie Stewart or the one vacated by Brian McBride. Uh, Bocanegra is a Hall of Fame U.S. soccer player. He has served in an advisory role for U.S. soccer. I I believe advisory role is a safe way of putting it for the past couple of years. He knows U.S. soccer. He, he knows the different levels because he came through them as a player. He's done it as a senior player. He's won trophies for the U.S. It seems like it might be a natural fit if he were interested. I don't know if he's interested or not. I think he will probably want to see through this Atlanta United project for as long as he can. And that's not me trying to push Bocanegra out. It's just it seems to me like an interesting job, especially to someone with his background. Matt asks, a striker and a center back seem to be two of the three players Gonzalo mentioned they were trying to bring in. Well, actually, he didn't name specific positions, but we all assume, assumed even before reports started happening about the striker from Celtic and the former Cruz Azul center back, that it would be a striker and center back because those are two of the thinnest positions right now. For me, if we get Yurgos and Abram in, the biggest need is central midfield. Do you think that's where they're looking to add someone? And do you think they would actually have the money to do so after those moves, considering they're reportedly having to haggle with Celtic over a loan versus a purchase? I do think it's center midfield, although it wouldn't surprise me if they were to bring in two strikers and a center back. Because as we learned last year, uh, Atlantic was going through strikers left and right because of injuries. Um, I do think they would have the salary cap room, I think, Yeah, Celtic is playing hardball, which is its right, which is a good business move for it. The window doesn't close for another few days. I think Scotland is on a slightly different calendar than the Premier League. I need to go and double-check that, though. So we'll see what's going to happen. I would assume that Atlanta United has a fallback if it can't get uh, Yurgos. We'll see. Ren asks, will the Chattanooga game be televised anywhere? I think it's going to be streamed through the Chattanooga website. You might just want to check their Twitter 
or check their website to see, but I believe that's going to happen. Caleb says, do you think Atlanta United will get all three of the signings Gonzalo mentioned? It seems like we heard about uh, Yorgos Giacomakis a while back, then sounded like we lost him, and now it sounds like it's a done deal. I haven't heard that it's a done deal. Um, it doesn't inspire much confidence. Well, the January window is always tough. Uh, teams can hold out because they know that the teams asking for players are teams in need, maybe much more need than in the summer window. So negotiations can typically take a little bit longer and cost a little bit more. So we will see. I know that's not a, probably an answer you're looking for. It's not a definitive answer, but there's really not one to give right now. T says, with Atlanta United missing the playoffs two of the last three seasons, I would be happy just to get back to the playoffs this season. I think that's fair. I have heard Garth Lagerway say on multiple occasions that the goal is a home playoff game. Considering the state of our roster, do you feel this is just too ambitious and not realistic? I think the goal is just to make the playoffs, which I would consider a successful season in which we can build upon. For a team that missed the playoffs with several roster holes yet to be filled, I just think a fourth place finish or higher is not a realistic goal at this point. Your thoughts? Well, now, we have to first point out that the playoff format is going to change, and we don't know what it is just yet. MLS has not announced it. So it's possible you could get a home game as a lower seed if it's this kind of tiered uh, knockout round type of a thing. If you're considering it as a traditional playoff structure that the, t- the league has had the past couple of years, I think a home playoff game might be a little bit much, uh, particularly with really no MLS experience striker on the roster right now, and you're keeping your fingers crossed that there's no significant injuries. Um, so I think just making the playoffs is a, a realistic, reasonable goal. Rob says... In the weeks since Garth Lagerwey's arrival, he has had Carlos Bocanegra unload the majority of the bloated contracts he signed. I'm assuming Lagerwey's involvement, based on his comments in your interview about bad deals, then used the returns on those sales to buy out and give away Joseph, the DP player who built this franchise, he says, and was unhappy because of all the bad roster decisions Boca made. Think Joseph's rant about players brought in for business but not wanting to be here. And now the DP spot is going to be occupied by a bad contract we loaned out to free up TAM to bring in better budget players. Given this series of events, can we reasonably conclude that the entire offseason reset has been one big indictment on the horrendous job Bocanegra has done managing the Atlanta United roster build the past few seasons? Uh, Rob, I love you, but I think you've gone from A to C and skip B on a couple of your points. Um, have, were there some bloated contracts? Yes, there were. Um, that was what the market required at the time. You can always argue, well, should they have looked at other players who were less expensive? Yes. I wouldn't say that they used the returns on all those sales to buy out and give away Joseph. They had some allocation money already built in. They get some from the league, so it didn't require all of it to buy out Joseph. Um, again, Boca does not make the roster decisions in a vacuum. He had a boss, Darren Eels. There's a salary cap guy that uh, Joseph works with. Um, I don't want to put his name out there because I've yet to talk about him on the podcast, and it doesn't seem fair to do that. Joseph, I don't know if Joseph was unhappy with – Joseph was partially unhappy with the roster decisions. He was partially unhappy with the losing. I think he was partially unhappy that he wasn't quite the same player that he used to be. And – you know, sometimes Joseph was just unhappy. It happens. 
depend at all on roster decisions, I think, is unfair to teammates, uh, to the front office. You could always be a team that doesn't spend any money on players, you know. But anyway, we'll see what happens after the season. All right. That is going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. You will hear from us again. I think we'll probably try to tape another one wrapping up what we saw uh, against Chattanooga on Monday because I have to drive back from Chattanooga Saturday night. So please make sure that you rate, review, follow, and share the show to help us grow. Remember, if you're interested in attending a live taping, I'm not saying we're going to do one. We're trying to gauge interest. Email me. Let me know. Or you can DM me at Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. My email, again, is drobertson at AJC.com. And if you're out and about in Midtown or out and about in Chattanooga and you see me, please say hello. I always enjoy meeting new people. I've, I've met one here in Midtown, Tim, and we've become pretty good friends. So thanks for listening to the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. As always, communicate with your loved ones, hug your loved ones. Y'all take care.